Bye tomorrow, Hans for Hanukkah. All right, so start like this. You know, um, usually when we have a, a gula, a redemption from a gullus, uh, in, in the actual celebration of, of the gula, of the redemption, it's a little bit uh, irrelevant, you would think, who the shliach was to take us out of that gullus. Like, for example, Pesach, right? So Pesach, we celebrate Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Who was the shliach to take us out of Mitzrayim? No mention of Meshanar in the Haggadah. It's not a focal point of Pesach. Because on Pesach, we're swept up in the redemption itself, and obviously it goes back to Hashem taking us out. Okay. But all of a sudden, when it comes to Hanukkah, not only is, is there mention of the fact that the redemption came through Kahanim, through the Hashem, but it seems to be Mamash a focal point. I mean, so, for example, I mean the Nusach of, you know, Aner Salalu, that the Gula took place through Holy Kahanim. Why? Why? Why is that different? And let's say, let's say the Gula took place through uh, the family of God, through people from Shevet God, does make a difference? It would still have Hanukkah. More than that, not only are they mentioned, as opposed to, let's say, in Pesach, where Moshe Rabbeinu was not mentioned, Bechlal, and it's, uh, it's just the Rabbanu Shalom, and Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Rabbanu Shalom. When it comes to Hanukkah, we mention the Kahanim, that it came through Kahanim. More than that, in the Rambam, for example, in, uh, again, you don't have it in front of you, but it's uh, very simple. The Rambam, beginning of Hilchas Hanukkah, so he, Imamish highlights this point. The Rambam talks about the history and the, and the story of Hanukkah. And the Rambam, I've mentioned this Rambam a lot through our Hanas of Yontif, but this, this, uh, this particular Lush, and I didn't really focus on, the Rambam's language is, Again, it was terrible until the Rabbanishim had Rachmanis on us for Gavru Bnei Chashvinoi Kahanim Gedolim. Until the Chashvinoiim, a family of Kahanim Gedolim, were victorious over the Greeks. Okay, so Rambam focused, highlights the fact that they're a family of Kahanim. Okay, you just say it's a historical point, and says the Rambam, and they were able to bring us a salvation. Vehemidu Melech Mina Kahanim, and they established a king from the Kahanim to rule over the Jewish people, and their kingdom, the, the kingdom of the Chashvinoiim. Lasted for over 200 years, and the Rambam continues like that. The Rambam, in the, the, the backdrop of Hanukkah, the Rambam doesn't just mention the fact that the redemption came from Kahanim. He mentions the fact that the redemption came from Kahanim, and, and really, the, 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 and the, and the Gula you know, became solidified with the fact that the Malchus was returned to the Jewish people. But you should know, says the Rambam, it wasn't just done that we had the, the jurisdiction back to us, it was a Malchus of Kahanim. This in of Kahuna. So not only, again, not only, not only is the fact that the Hashvanoyim were the messengers through which the redemption took place, not only are they mentioned, but it's Mamish like uh, the focal point, the way the Ram describes it. More than that, this is probably the simple reason, the simple explanation to a famous question that Allah Mepharshim asked. We know when it comes to Hanukkah, there are two miracles. There's the miracle of the Pachach Shal Shemen, right, the, the oil, and there's also the miracle of the, of the Nitzachan, of the, of the military victory. And both of those miracles are celebrated by one act of Adlachas HaMenayr. So it's a funny thing. When you like the Menayr, the most obvious miracle that you're connecting to, that you're reminding yourself of, is the Pachach HaShel Shemen. And Chazal used that act also as a way to remember the Nitzachan HaMulchama, the victory of the war. What, what, what relationship does the Menayr have to do with victory over the war? So on a very simple level, probably the most obvious answer is, is like the Ramam saying, is that the victory of the war isn't just the fact there's no Yavanim. The victory of the war is that we, through no Yavanim anymore, we establish 
a kingdom, and it was specifically a kingdom of Kahana. So in order to, repre- to so the Menorah not only is just a, a reminder of the Nase of the Pachachach Shoshemen, it's the symbol of the victory. It's a symbol of what was, what, what, you know, what we were zaycha to, you know, after getting rid of the Yivanim, which is a Malchus of Kahana. And therefore the act of Adlakus HaMenorah, which is one of the Avoidus of the Beis HaMikdash, becomes the symbol to ke- connect ourselves to the Malchus of the Chashmanoim. But again, who cares if it's Malchus of Chashmanoim? As long as we have no Yivanim anymore running our lives, and we have our own sovereignty over the land, who cares if it's Kahanim, or Shevet Gad, or Don, and Zvulun, and Yisach, or Sanaf Whatever it is. Evidently, there's something special about the fact that it's through the Kahanim. Aidei, Kainech, Akdoshim. And again, it's not just a side point. It becomes the focal point of the nace of the Nitzachin, the fact that we were able to have the Nitzachin to allow us to have a Malchus of Kahanim. That the mice of Alakas of Menorah, a certain side of it is as, as, a, as a way to remember the fact that we were Zechat the Malchus of Kahuna. So, what's the sin of Kahana? Why are we making ourselves so uh, busy with that? <clears throat> okay. So, let's, uh, let's investigate a little bit Hilchis, a little, an aspect of Hilchas Hanukkah. Nothing too complicated. And, uh, and from there, we'll be able to maybe enter into the Pneumus a little bit, to hop a little bit with the Oymek of, uh, of what's going on. Okay, so we know the Gemara tells us, it's famous halacha, that when it comes to Hanukkah, and specifically the halacha of lighting the Menorah, there are different madregas of the mitzvah, right? That's what we know. So, for example, the Gemara says in Shabbos, Tonar Banan, the, the rabbis taught that mitzvah Hanukkah, the mitzvah of the Menorah, is basic level, Nerush one candle per household. Any night of Hanukkah, just one candle per household, Nerush Says the Gemara, Mahadrin. Mahadrin is Ner Lecholecha the candle per each member of the household. Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin, you want to go, Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin means, again, the way, way we hold like Basil, it means that every night of Hanukkah you add a candle per night, right? So first night is one, second night is two, V'chul V'chul. That's the Gemara. Fine. Uh, the question is, what exactly does Mahadrin and Mina Mahadrin mean? What does it mean, Mahadrin? So this is a Mechlakis. This is a big Mechlakis between Rashi and the Rambam. There's other Rishonim also, but we'll make it down Rashi versus the Rambam. The way Rashi interprets the Gemara is that the word Mahadrin is probably not what most people think. When, when I say the word Mahadrin, probably the word that, associ- that, you're associated with, that you associate with is like Hidr, like Hidr Mitzvah. It says Rashi, that's not what Mahadrin means. That's not what Mahadra means. That's not what Mahadra Minamadra means. The word Mahadra comes from the word in Aramaic, not Hebrew of Hidr, but an Aramaic word of Mahadr. Mahadr in Aramaic means to run after. Mahadra means, says Rashi, is that the fundamental idea is, is that Chazal are giving different levels to the mitzvah, not about beautifying the mitzvah, but about giving more opportunities, different you know, layers to do more mitzvahs. So in other words, says the Gemara, this is how Rashi interprets the Gemara. Level one, again, one candle per house, finished. Mahadrin, if you're interested in running after mitzvahs, in other words, if you're interested in doing more mitzvahs, then Chazal gave you an opportunity over here, because you're like, you know, one candle, like that's it, two seconds, finished. I want to be able to do more mitzvahs. So how do you do more mitzvahs? Chazal gave you an option. Light more candles, one person, a candle per member of the household. Let's say Mahadrin Minamadrin, even that's not scratching the itch. You know, you want to do even more Maisa Mitzvahs. You want the act of Adlokas HaMenoyer to be even, uh, you know, take more time. You know what I mean? Uh, more physical act, more Avaida. So then Mahadrin Minamadrin, then you add a candle per, you know, per night. You add another candle. 
That's the way, that's the way Rashi, Rashi views it. <clears throat> so that's what Mahadran and Mahadran means, and that's what Mahadran and means. So we understand. So, by, by the way, something that you could think about, this is a little bit on the side, so I don't want, if it's confusing, don't worry about it, it's a little bit on the side. So again, this is the way Rashi is understanding that Mahadran and Mahadran and are boiling down to the same idea. These are different levels of opportunity that Chazal gave us to do more Maisa Mitzvahs. More Maisa Mitzvahs. And so, level number one, you know, the, the, the first uh, bonus level is more Maisa Mitzvahs, a candle per member of the house. Uh, you want to do something more, then add a candle per night. Add a candle per night. Now, by the way, it's interesting. If you just think about it again, this is a little bit on the side. Why, why is it that Mahadran and Mahadran will be counted as more mitzvahs than Mahadran of candles per, per member of the house? In other words, if you think about it, uh, if you have these two, Chazal give us both. So you have Mahadran and Mahadran and Mahadran. But if you ask me, I don't know, maybe you can suggest that lighting a candle per house is, I would call that Mahadran and Mahadran. Why? If you think about it, because uh, in one house you could have 10 people, right? And so you have 10 candles. Whereas if you go Mahajan Mahajan, then you're, you know, you're, you're slowly increasing. But uh, theoretically, you could have a house that has more, more people, you could have uh, more things like that. So this is a little bit on the side, but it's, a, it's the biggest side that the Rishan and Achin point out is that something that is, that is uh, set and for sure going to happen is considered to be more chashiv than something that could be but could not be. In other words, if, you ha- if you're lighting a candle per member of the house, so some houses will have a lot of people, some houses won't have a lot of people. So, in f- so sometimes you could be doing a lot of candle lighting, and sometimes not, a, not, not, a, not, not much at all. Mahajan, minimahajan, at least you have something that you know for sure you're going to be able to increase in number. So even though you're right, sometimes you'll have a big family, a big household, and you'll have a lot of candles, much more than eight, Okay, but at least, but then sometimes you won't have, uh, you won't have uh, more than one person. So since it fluctuates back and forth, so that's only called Mahadran. But Mahadran Minamahadran at least has a Mila that you know for sure going in by night five, well, five candles, six, six candles. Okay, the point is that according to Rashi, this is what Mahadran means, this is what Mahadran Minamahadran means. It's Chazal giving the opportunity to expand the Maisa Mitzvah, the act of the Mitzvah. Instead of just one candle, you have opportunities to do more Maisa Mitzvahs. More candles. What does it mean more candles? Okay, so one option is one can- a candle per member of the household. Another option is one candle per night. Opportunities to do more mitzvahs. That's what mahadra means according to Rashi. That's all Rashi. The Rambam is not like that. The Rambam interprets the word mahadran like probably how we would assume it usually means, which is hidr, coming from the word hidr mitzvah. And the Rambam, I'll share with you the words of the Rambam. The Rambam says this openly. The Rambam says, um, how much candles do you light on Hanukkah? So the Ramam breaks it down. Mitzvasa, the basic level is that every household has one candle. Any night of Hanukkah, just one candle. Says Ramam, and if one wants to beautify the mitzvah, in other words, Rashi in the Gemara, he, he says the words, because the Aramaic word of Mahadr means to run. Hamadr Achar mitzvah. If you're chasing after mitzvah, you know, if you want to do more mitzvahs, then Mahadrin, Mahadrin, and Mahadrin. Ramam is saying, Hamadr Esa mitzvah. If you're interested in beautifying the mitzvah, then says the Rambam, then add a candle per member of the household. Mahadrin, Minna Mahadrin, you want to beautify the mitzvah even greater, then, then add a candle per night. 
So this is a this is how the Rambam interprets the interprets the Gemara again. According to Rashi, the the point of Mahadran and Mahadran Mina Mahadran is more oppor- running after mitzvahs. Chazal are giving us more opportunities to expand the Maisa mitzvah, do more activities in the Lokas Nechanaka. Whereas the Rambam, it's beautifying the mitzvah. Basic mitzvah, one candle. You want to beautify the mitzvah, many candles. Uh, again, level one, candle per member. Level two, level, candle per night. That's the Rambam. Here's the problem. The problem is as follows. According to the Rambam, there's a number of, uh, of issues. Number one, why this is this doesn't this halacha doesn't seem to fit in the regular rules in the regular system of hidr mitzvah. Whenever you have, and I'm going to point this out. It's not my question. Whenever you have, uh, we, we have a general rule of of of, of hidr mitzvah. It says in pasuk zekhev this is my God. I'll beautify him. In other words, when you do a mitzvah, there's a mit, there's an Indian of of making it a hidr mitzvah. Now, usually the way that is is two things. First of all, it's when you have the object of the mitzvah and you beautify that object. That's what Hidr Mitzvah always means. You have a nice lulav and esrig, a nice uh, sefer Torah, a nice sukkah, whatever it is. You, you beaut- the object of the Mitzvah and, and you beautify it. There's such a thing. Or there's also such an idea, such an idea, at least, maybe, maybe sometimes Hidr Mitzvah can be that when you're doing a Mitzvah, do it in a nice way, different ways. But, uh, but there's, there's, the, there's the object of the Mitzvah that you're beautifying. Over here, it's a very, very strange parallel. Over here, what, what is the Mitzvah? The Mitzvah is lighting one candle. And so says the Rambam, the way he's interpreting the Gemara is, you beautify it, you beautify the mitzvah by adding more candles. It's one thing if the halacha would be, that candle that you just lit, make it a big one. You know what I mean? Or make it super shiny and, uh, you know, have a nice, you know, have a nice uh, menorah holding it up. I understand that would be considered hid or mitzvah. But if you already have the object of the mitzvah, which is that one candle, and now you're just adding multiple candles to it, again, whether it be, Per member per household or, or adding to the night, how is that adding? How is that hidder mitzvah? In Rashi's interpretation, I understand you're 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 adding more candles. You're not you're not beautifying the original one. You're just doing more hadlakis, and that's the point of the Gemara. Mahadran Akram, you want to do more mitzvahs. You want to do more hadlakis. These are your opportunities. But the Rambam is interpreting it to mean that you're beautifying the mitzvah. How do you beautify a mitzvah with another with a different object? Again, this is not my question. Briskarov, Shachta, many of the Rambam deal with that question. That's, that's one problem. There's another problem that's also built in to thinking of this halacha of Mahadran and Mahadran and Mahadran in terms of Hidr Mitzvah. And that's something that I mentioned, a little bit I mentioned this last week in one of the shirim, which is as follows. The regular rule of Hidr Mitzvah is two things. First of all, you don't have to do it. You don't have to. If a person... A person, uh, person builds a sukkah, and they had the opportunity to build a super nice sukkah, and they didn't go the extra mile. Can one say that they're not fulfilling the mitzvah sukkah properly? No, the mitzvah sukkah is hundred percent. There's a secondary thing that's called hidden mitzvah. Okay, they neglected to do that hundred percent. Fine, but lemaisa the mitzvah sukkah is hundred percent fine. More than that, the halacha of hidden mitzvah is is that there's also certain even even if we would say that we would recommend to go the extra mile to have a nice sukkah. But even then, the halacha, halacha tells us that there's only a certain amount of, uh, of money that we would even recommend you spend to go the extra mile. The halacha is, the Shulchan Aruch is like this, I mentioned this last week, that hidr mitzvah atshlish. You're only even recommended to spend money on hidr mitzvah only if it's a third of the price of the actual object itself. Now, I, we, you know, what happens to be just a little bit on the side, when it comes to 
Luvin, like an esrig, it's a little bit different because over there the, beauti- the beautiful aspect of the esrig is like sort of the mitzvah itself. But in, in, in classic hither mitzvah context, again, uh, building a nice sukkah, having a nice safer Torah, whatever the case may be, it, whatever the price of, of basic standard kosher, 100%, but whatever the basic is, going the extra mile, you're only even recommended to do it by a third. So those are the two principles usually that govern hither mitzvah. Number one, you don't have to. Uh, and number two, even if we're recommending it, it's only atshlish. So the truth is, so if we were to then say that mahadrin and mahadrin and mahadrin means hither mitzvah, then we have a basic problem. First of all, everyone assumes mahadrin, like that's what you do. That's how you fulfill the mitzvah properly. The Ramam's language, by the way, is as follows. So mahadrin, yes, when he's describing mahadrin and mahadrin, the language of the Rambam is, that if you want to do mahadrin and mahadrin, va'oisa mitzvah and amovchar, and to do the mitzvah the best way, then what you should do is a candle per night. That, and the Rambam is saying that that's considered mitzvah and amovchar. Notice if you don't do that, the mitzvah is not 100%. That doesn't fit in the regular model of mahadrin, of, of hidr mitzvah. And more than that, adding more candles is certainly, even one more candle is more than a third of the original one, right? It's, uh, it's 100%. It's, it's the price of the original candle. So this whole idea of comparing this to Hidra Mitzvah is very difficult. Again, this is why Rashi probably a, a little bit it, it pushes himself to interpret Mahadrin not in, this, in the simple term, in the simple way. You see, again, usually when you say the word Mahadrin, I would think it means Hidra Mitzvah. Rashi goes out of his way not to say like that because he's bothered probably with these questions. What type of Hidra Mitzvah is this? Other candles make this candle more beautiful? And why, and why would we even recommend to do it if it's more than a third of the, original, of the price of the original candle? That's a problem. And another problem is as follows. If you think about it, according to the Rambam, why would... Another question is, why would Mahadran mina Mahadran... Like, why is that more hidder than Mahadran? Again, you're just adding candles. So it makes the, the, the original candle more beautiful. Why is adding candle per night any more beautiful than, Andy, than having a candle per member of the household? It's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit difficult to understand. So this whole thing needs explanation. Okay. Go back to that soon. All right, so there's a, there's a, 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 a big aside that we find in... Um, it's interesting. It, it's, it's, I mentioned this, this concept many, a number of times. And uh, like I said, it, it's, it's very... It's very it's um, used very much and spoken about a lot in the writings of the Kamarna and in the first couple generations of Chassidus. After that, not as much. The Baal Shem Tev, it's famous, Baal Shem Tev, you know, he met Mashiach and so on, and uh, the soul of Mashiach, Mashiach told him, he asked Mashiach, when are you coming? Mashiach said, when your Torah spread forth. And then, the, then Mashiach told him a number of other things, and he said that, Another condition that's going to be that needs to be met in order for Mashiach to come is that everyone should be able to make yichudim, to to serve their banishlam like Yudav Alsham. And Alsham said, like he got a little bit chalishas uh, das. When is that going to be? So Mashiach told him a certain secret, and with this this key idea, it's a way for everyone to be shtukav Alsham. And what was the idea? So Mashiach told the Alsham like this: that you should have in mind that in every word that you say. Every word that you say, you should have in mind that there are three dimensions to every word. What's called oilimus, worlds, neshamus, souls, elokos, divinity. Oilimus, 
Neshamas and Elokos. Now that's what the Baal Shem Tov said, that's the letter that we have from the Baal Shem. Now in the Svarim, that they, when they quote this, even though the letter, when the, Baal Shem, when the Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tov this idea, it was in the context of words. That every word that you say have in mind these three dimensions. But the way that the Talmudim of the Baal Shem and so on, they understood that this is much more expansive than just words. Everything in reality is broken down in these three components. Eulamis, Neshamas, and Elokos. Now what does this mean? So, in a, in a very simple level. What's the purpose of creation? What's the tachlis? What's the tachlis? So it's well known that there's a, a famous medrash, medrash tanchuma. The medrash has the following line. That the reason why the Rabbanu Shalom created the world is nesav HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's one of the fundamental, you know, chazals in chasidus. Nesav HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Rabbanu Shalom had a taiva. He had, a, he had this desire, so to speak. To dwell and to have his residence in the lower world. In other words, the tachlis of creation is that there are these two realities. There's a reality that's called oilimus, which means for our purposes, physical reality, physical world, physical, the physical world. And every thing that exists has, has that dimension to it. Whatever it is that you're talking, whatever it is that you're looking at, has some physical matter to it. Physical matter, that's called oilimus. And then there's another dimension, there's another existence, that's called elokus. That's called divinity, that's godliness. And the tachlis of creation is for these two things to be brought together, so to speak. For the Rabbanu Shalom to reside, betachtoinim in the lower world. For elokus to be residing within Olamas. That's the tachlis of creation. Now, here's the basic principle. The basic principle is, is that whenever you have two things which are opposite sides of the spectrum. You always need a bridge in between. You always need what's called an emtsoi. For example, uh, and, and, on, and only through an emtsoi, only through a medium, only through something that's in the middle, that's a little bit like this and a little bit like that, can the two extremes be brought together. So for example, the Arizal makes a point of this. He says that we know that the Rabbanu Shalom created the world, that there's four different levels of uh, reality, right? Inanimate objects, plant life, animals, and people. So, said Darizal, the Rabbanu made the world, that these are four different layers of creation, but they're not just like completely detached from each other, there's an interaction between them. And so therefore Darizal said, therefore it must be that there's also some species acting as a bridge between each layer. And so Rizal gives an example. So for example, you have inanimate objects, rocks, right? Rocks and dirt and so on, right? And then you have the next strata of creation, which is called animal, uh, uh, sorry, plant life, right? Inanimate, doimim and semech. Said that Rizal, well, there must be a bridge in between. What's a bridge in between? What's something that's, that's uh, doimim-like, but also tzemeach? So he says coral. That Rizal says that coral is the, the bridge between doimim and tzemeach. And then you have Tzemeach and then Chai. What's between Tzemeach and Chai? What's, in, what's a, a, a plant that's similar to an animal type of thing, or an animal similar to a plant? So the reason gives a couple examples. One of them would be a Venus, Venus flytrap. You know, it eats, it eats, uh, plants don't usually eat things like that in such a way, but those things do. So it's a bridge. It doesn't mean, again, when we talk about these bridges, it doesn't mean that... that uh, you know, it, it means because the Rabbanu Shalom made the world in such a way where there has to be some unity between all these layers of creation, so there has to be something in creation to represent that 
bridge that unity. It doesn't mean that everything depends on Venus flytraps, you know what I'm saying? But, but it rep- that, re- that plant represents the, f- the concept that there must be a bridge between layers. What's the, then they have the, ne- the next layers, right? You have chai, animals, and medaber, and a human being. What's in between? What's the bridge? A monkey. That's the bridge in between, right? So again, so you have all these, the idea, you have these different strata with an emtsoi in the middle. So the result, for example, the end of Eitzchayim, he makes a point of this. He says, okay, if, if that's, if that's the, the basic principle, then if we, if we now extrap, uh, you know, extrapolate that idea to a much larger and more uh, subtle, I, subtle plane, then we have the following problem. You have elokos. You have elokos. That's on one side. And you have oilamis, the physical reality in the other. And the tachlis is for them to be brought together, that this world should become a place within which elokos resides. Dear betachtayinah. So you need an soy. You need a, you need something in the middle. You need something that is relatable to Elokos, but also relatable to Elamis. And without this Emtsoi, then automatically these two sides cannot meet to meet with each other and and they'll be completely speaking different languages. So what is the Emtsoi? Nishamas. Nishmas Yisrael. That's the Emtsoi. When the Balshanta said that the Mashiach told him that there are three layers to everything, and always have in mind these three layers, Oilamis, Nishamis, and Elokos, it means that everything that you experience in life, every physical experience, that's called Oilamis. And the Tachlis is that that experience should be transformed into a dwelling place for the Rabbanish Oilam. But that's an impossibility unless there's a bridge, and unless there's an Emtsoi. And the Emtsoi that the Rabbanish created, that both is is from the world of Elokos, but also re- relates to the world of Oilamis, that's Nishmas Yisrael. That's Nishmas Yisrael. And the function of Nishmas Yisrael, what's unique to Nishmas Yisrael is, that that's the only ingredient possible in order to fuse these two extremes of Oilamis and Elokos. If theoretically, you were, a, if Chas is such a thing, if Nishmas Yisrael would be taken out of the system, then the, then the possibility of Dirbet Achtoni would be impossible. The two extremes of Elokos and Oilamis would not be able to work together. There's no Msoi. There's no Msoi. So this is the function of what Nishmas Yisrael does. Now, there's a Torah from the Kamarna. The Kamarna uses this idea, Mamish, all over, all over the place. This idea is throughout all of his farm. There's one particular place in the Kamarna where he, 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 he gives a, an added dimension to this, to this Nakuda. In one of the sermons from the Kamarna is called Eitzar Chaim. Eitzar Chaim, I've used this say from, uh, we've, we've learned it before a number of times. It's this Pirish on Tarek Mitzvahs, where Nigla and a lot of Nister. That's what he talks about. So the last mitzvah, Taryag, what's the last mitzvah in Chomish? The last mitzvah is writing a Sefer Tar. So this is the language, so the, 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 the Kamarna talks about this. What's, this. what's the site of this mitzvah? That every single Jew should also have a Sefer Tar. What's his name? So listen just a few lines. Listen to what he says. He first he quotes this letter from the Baal Shantav, as he quotes many times. Oilamis, Neshamas, and Elokos, this idea of there needing to be a bridge in between. And the bridge is Neshamas. But comes the Kamarn over here, at the end of Eitzar Chaim, again, the end of Sefer Tvarim, and he says the following idea. He says, he says, the truth is that Torah also is Tselem Odemus Mimotza. That Torah also is in that mamutza, in that intermediary category. When we talk about neshamas functioning as a way to bring together the two extremes, what activates the neshama? What allows the neshama to actualize its ability to bring these two worlds together? So a neshama, a yid, a yid, we have neshamas, so we walk down the street, 
And so is it just by walking through the universe, through the world, through the Olamas, automatically Elikus comes in? No, it doesn't work like that. There's a, we have to be able to harness the ability of the Neshama to act as this memutz, as this bridge. The 613 mitzvahs the Rabbanu gave us, Torah and mitzvahs through learning and keeping mitzvahs, that's the way through which the Neshama is able to to act as this bridge, as this emsoi, to bring together Elokos with Oilmas. Now, there, there needs to be a partnership between Nishmas Yisrael and Torah. And when Nishmas Yisrael is, 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 you know, is acting in the way of Torah and keeping mitzvahs, v'chulu, v'chulu, then Nishmas Yisrael and Torah function together as this mamutza, as this bridge. In other words, just as we have to think of Nishmas Yisrael as somewhere in between, something related to Elokos and, re- and something that relates to Elamis, and therefore it's able to bring the two together, Torah also has the same function. Torah also is not Elokos. Torah is not Kriyachal. It's not, it's not like that. But Torah is a vehicle through which Elokos comes into the world. In other words, Torah is the Mamutza. Torah is also the bridge in between. This is where, the lesson we'll, we'll, we'll go on to explain in a moment, and therefore because of this, Torah and, and Nishmas Yisrael and Chazal are almost synonymous. Yisrael v'arai sechad, who the Zara says. The word Yisrael, it's well known, is the Rosh HaTavis. shishim ribu eses l'tayra. There are 600,000 letters to the Tyra. Every Yid has a chelik in Tyra. Every Yid has a portion of Tyra. We're made of Tyra. What is a neshama? Says the, the Kamarna, the neshama is the sole form of Tyra itself. Why? Because, because nishmas Yisrael and Tyra are here to function as this bridge. It means that when you learn and when you daven, what, what has to happen in order for the system to work properly is you have to invest your neshama into it. But, you don't, but when you invest your neshama just walking down the street or going to the gym, uh, you're not being piled much. But when your neshama is activated and invested in something of the 613, which again, you could, with kavana, you could incorporate going to the gym also in 613, right? If it's for the right reasons in the right way. And then walking down the streets could also be a mitzvah if you're going to do something good. V'chulu, v'chulu. Torah and mitzvahs have an exp- There's a way that all of life can be incorporated within it. But the, the kud is, you invest your neshama in experience of Torah, of Tariag mitzvahs, then now you have the emtsoi, now you have the bridge, you have the medium functioning healthfully and engaging in this world and bringing down elokus within it. And then the elokus that's manifest in the world through the neshama and through Tyra is deeper than the neshama itself, and it's deeper than Tyra itself. It means Tyra. This is why, again, this is this is this is also deeply connected with the idea of tarlishma in the way of the Baal Shemtiv. Tarlishma in the way of the Baal Shemtiv is to learn Tyra in order to become davik to Hashem. But those words themselves, the Vilna Gain and the Rechaim Velazhin also agree with. But the chiddush of the Baal Shemtiv is is that the level of elokus that you're trying to bond with through Torah is a level of elokus that's not in Torah itself. Because Torah is the bridge. What you're, you, you're using Torah as a means to access an even higher level of elokus that otherwise would be unrelatable. In the Vilna Gain, for example, again, this is on the side, but in parentheses, but, but in the world of Rechai Velozhener, Torah Lashma also means to connect to God, but it's to connect to the, to the level of godliness that is in the Torah. By the Baal Shem Tev, no, 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 no. Torah and your neshama, for that matter, are really just a bridge to allow you access to elikus, which is higher than Torah. And so the level of elikus that you're trying to connect to with Torah and mitzvahs 
is deeper than the Torah itself, and it's deeper than your own neshama. It's just the only way to access it and to unite that level of elokus with oilmus with this world is through the bridge. It's called Torah mitzvahs, through the neshama. Just again, the words of the Kamar, and he'll explain a little bit better. So he says as follows: Va'yedeha Torah through Torah niskashin ha'olamis belakusi spark. Torah acts as the emtsoy, as the bridge to connect elokus with oilamis with the world. The Torah, the world was created from the Torah, right? In other words, the Staka Baraisa, Ubarama. That, 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 see that visual that, that Chazal are just, are, you know, uh, that, that they create for us. The Staka Baraisa, Ubaraama. The Rabbanishim gazed into the Torah and the world came from it. That, that picture, that visual, also creates this image, so to speak, of there being this intermediary, not an intermediary like, but an emsoy, a bridge, where you have a stock, when, the, when it says the Rabbanishim gazed into the Torah, the gazing of the Rabbanishim is an active thing. It's not just looking something up in a sefer. In Chazal, for example, we find this in many places in Chazal, that when Chazal, when, when the Chachamim looked at something, was poil. Nasa galshal atzam is eh. Rishon comes out of the cave, whatever he looks turns into fire, right? The gazing, the istakil, histaklus is not just taking something in. It's adarabba, it's putting something out. That's the pinimistic way of looking at something when you are active, actively affecting the world through your gaze. Estakel ba'araisa ubara alma is describing this reality where there's such a, there's elokos, there's rabbanish shalom in his space, so to speak, and that elokos then descends traveling entire itself and from there into the universe. Estakel ba'araisa ubara alma. And the same thing it is with nishmas Yisrael. Nishmas Yisrael is also the bridge in, the, in between. Torah and Nishmas Yisrael are not the same thing. It's just Nishmas Yisrael is the soul side of things, and Torah is the divine wisdom side of things. But they're both literally the same, the same Etzias, just one in soul form, and one in wisdom form. But it's the same idea. They both act as this Emsoi. And so on. And he goes on, V'akol kol v'tayra, Lakasha Kolins Bain Saif and so on. And he by the way, and he says, uh, so now he goes on to say, This is why, says the Kamarna, this is why there's an Indian of every Nisham, every yid having a Sefatar. What's the name of having a Sefatar? So he says, Vikhol Nishama, Michaelakatar. Every Nishama is created. It is not just created from, it is uh, a piece of Tyra itself. Vahanishamis, Makasha, Mikhina Silamis and Melakus. And like the Balshanta said, Nishamis is the bridge between Elokos and Oilamis, and Nishamis is the same synonymous with Torah itself. And they unite themselves completely. That's why there's a mitzvah for every year to have a Sefer Torah. Because that's what your Nisham is. Your Nisham is a Sefer Torah. The Torah is hewn into the Nisham, the Nisham is hewn into the Torah. They unite as one, and they are one. And this mitzvah of having a Sefer Torah is, is sort of the expressing the actualization of that bridge. And that when that bridge is actualized, automatically it unites the two extremes of Oilamis with Nishamas. Fine, that's the Hakdam. Let's go to Hanukkah now. Let's go back. If remember, Hanukkah Shir. Yeah, fine. So, what was going on with Yavin? What's going on with Yavin? What was the goals of Yavin? So the goals of Yavin is like this. And all the Svar Hakdashim, they're all basically saying a similar, a similar idea. All the Machshavas, even the Sifri Musar, when it comes to Yavin. Yavin, 
Yovan, Yovan, when Yovan looks at the world, what does Yovan see? Just Eilamis. All Yovan sees is physical reality. That's all they're interested in. That's all they believe in. That's all that they're, that, that's all they're, they're possibly able to engage in. Eilamis. The whole inning of Yovan is to take out Elokus from the world. There is no Elokus. There's such a thing as God. They believe in God. But there's such a thing as Dir B'tachtoinim. That there should be Elokus in Eilamis. That there should be something profound in this world, that you should be able to engage in physical activities and there's something deep and esoteric about it. To Yovan, that's Bechlal a joke. Scientifically, it's all what your eyes can tell you, what your fingers can touch. Anything outside of that is just the occult and witchcraft and baloney and you know, hocus pocus from ancient, you know, ancient barbarians that, made, you know, that believed in crazy things. That's what Yovan was. That's what all this firm will say. But now let's, let's go a little bit, let's go deeper in that. In Pneumius, since we've seen that the truth is, it is impossible for Elokus to become manifest in Eilamus. Like Yovan is right. It's not true, they're opposites. Elamad, what's the way through which Eilamus become united in, uh, Elokus becomes united in Eilamus? It's through the Mimutza, through the bridge. The, in Pnimi, is the deepest, the Hesnagdus of, of Yavan was not to the concept of Elokus being an Eilamus. The real Hesnagdus of Yavan is to the bridge. That's what Yavan was a Mesnagd against. The concept of there being a bridge that's able to unite the two worlds of Eilamus and Elokus. See, once you remove Chas Vashon, that bridge, from, from, your, you know, from your, your, your headspace, then, then automatically you're going to fall into the trap of Yavan that all that there is is what your eyes tell you. Because that's all that can be. The only ability for there to be anything more than your eyes tell you in what your eyes see is because there's such a thing as Neshamas uniting Elokus and Eilamas. The Iker Hisnagdus, therefore, of Yavan was what? Was to this system of Eilamas, Neshamas, and Elokus. And Befrat, the Hesnagdus of Yavan, was the concept of Neshamas. Now, this doesn't mean that, that Yavan was against Jewish life. Everyone knows that that was more of a Purimdika Indian to Lahash Malar Glabid. But what bothered Yavan and what Yavan did not believe and what they were trying to uproot was the, the quality of Nishmas Yisrael functioning as a bridge between Oilmas and, and Elokus. That was the Hisnagdus of Yavan. They have no problem with their being Yidin, but that Yidin should be somehow in the world, but at the same time, some, an aspect of transcendence, and there's something in Nishmas Yisrael that's otherworldly, that they have a problem with. And once you deny that, and they also have the same issue with Tyra. Again, they don't, everyone knows, they do not have a problem with their being Tanakh. They didn't have a problem with their being Shas and Paiskin. Their problem is to think of Tyra and to think of Shas and Paiskin as anything different than just unbelievably smart intellectual ideas being organized by very brilliant people. That, that was their problem. Seeing Torah and seeing Nishmas Yisrael as an emtsoi, as a bridge, something earthly, but at the same time relatable to Elokus, therefore functioning as a bridge to unite Elokus and Elokus, that's their problem. And once Yavan erases from their lexicon, from their mentality, the concept of there being a mamutza, the concept of there being Nishmas Yisrael and Torah as an emtsoi between Elokus and, and, and Elokus, then of course there's no such... Then, then, then you can't bring the two together. Then of course the reality that you experience is nothing more than Chaymer and nothing more than Gashmi and there's nothing special, there's nothing mysterious about life. The only way to introduce 
what is truly mysterious, which is God himself into life, is if you believe in Ishmael Yisrael and you believe in the in the in the uh, uh, in Torah as a mystical reality. That's the only, and then you can use Nishmas Yisrael and Torah as a way to access what is truly what is truly mysterious, which is God Himself. But if you take out the reality of that bridge and everything falls apart, this was the Icarus Nagdus of Yavan. Therefore, the victory of Yavan, the victory of Kali Yisrael over the over the Yavanim, was was really the victory. If you had to succinctly describe it, it was a victory of reintroducing the emtsoi into the system. It's reintroducing neshamis into that system of oilimis, neshamis, and elokos. It's reintroducing, it's redefining and re-reminding ourselves that nishmas yisrael is something that's both in the world and not in the world. And Torah, as the Kamarna said, partnering with nishmas yisrael also is in the world and at not in the world. Torah is obviously part of the world. It guides you in halacha. You learn halachas and so on. It's things of this world, but everyone. But at the same time, it's otherworldly, and that's exactly how it's function. How it functions as an emtsai, just like Nishmas Yisrael is both in the world, but also not in the world at the same time. Klai Yisrael are a nation among nations, but also at the same time completely alone, and that's that's exactly, you know, that 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 that's bringing out the point of what Nishamas are and what that. And so he is in the system. Because of that, because of that, let's understand, because of that, Chazal instituted in Hilchus Chanukah and the Halakas HaMenorah a three-tiered system. Like, why Bechal do this? I mean, if, if Chazal want us to do like Mahajim and Mahajim, then just say that. No, no, no. Neri Shuvesa, which no one does. And then Mahajim, which also no one does. And Mahajim and Mahajim, everyone does that. So just say that. The answer, even in Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch doesn't even give you the first couple options. Shulchan Aruch just writes Mahajim and Mahajim. Because it assumes that's what everyone's going to do. Why didn't Chazal, but Chazal didn't set it up like that? The answer is, in the, these three tiers are reflective of these three madregas of Oilemis, Neshamis, and Elokos. Think about it. Oilemis means, the, the first madrega was what? Nerusha Beis, one candle per house. A house is a structure. A house is a structure. A house is not a person. A house is a physical entity made of thing, it's, it's, it's a physical structure that houses all the things that you need to physically live. That's oilimus. That's physical reality. That's ner Mahadrin. Mahadrin is what? Ner l'cholei A candle per member of the household. That's neshamas. And then the mahadrin min mahadrin means that you're moisif v'hoilich. Moisif v'hoilich. What does moisif v'hoilich mean? The Gemara says in, 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 in Shabbos, why do we add a candle per night? Said Beis Hillel. Malin Bakadish Vlaimaridin, you keep on going up. This what's this Indian of Malin Bakadish? Malin Bakadish means ain saif. It means infinite. It means elokos. What how the 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 best thing we can say about the Rabbanishlam, not the best thing, the, the only thing we can say about the Rabbanishlam is that he's he doesn't have an end. Ain't saif. He is without end. The concept of Maisif Ahilich is is trying to relate to that truth of ain't saif, that there is no end. It just keeps on going. Malam Bakadish. The more you search into God, the more the more you find. Deeper, deeper, and deeper. The Mahajim and Mahajim represents the highest Madriga Velakus. These three tiers are not just random things. These are three tiers that give a that 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 capture what Yiddishkeit is and how beautiful Yiddishkeit is. When the Ramam says that there's an Indian of this halach of Mahajan and Mahajan Mahajan is Hidr Mitzvah. And we ask the Kasha, first of all, Hidr Mitzvah, you never really have to do. So evidently, this Hidr Mitzvah is different. 
There's a Hidr Mitzvah that you sort of have to do. And every Hidr Mitzvah usually is beautifying the object. Over here, what are you beautifying exactly? The answer is, Ner Hanukkah is more than just the candle itself. Ner Hanukkah represents all of Yiddishkeit. Ki Ner Mitzvah, the Torah are. Since the whole inning of Yavan was what? Was to remove from mitzvahs their spiritual quality, their identity, their functioning as an emtsoi, to bridge elokus with oilamis. Therefore, the redemption from Yavan is celebrating not the fact that we could keep mitzvahs. Yavan didn't have a problem with that to begin with. What Yavan had a problem with is the concept of mitzvahs being f- f- functioning as a way of bringing dir betachtoinim, of bringing elokus into the world. That's what Yovan had a problem with. They couldn't conceptualize the idea that a physical act and a physical rule of, of Torah could somehow unite those two extremes. Therefore, the way we celebrate the redemption is by lighting the menorah, which represents all of Yiddishkeit, kiner mitzvah, the Torah are, and we express how beautiful mitzvahs are. The beauty of mitzvahs isn't just a nice esther box. In this context, the beauty of mitzvahs is the transcendence that is brought to life through mitzvahs. That the world somehow becomes saturated with an otherworldly reality of Elokus through mitzvahs and through Torah mitzvahs. And th- this is why these three tiers of Nerejabesai, Mahajan, Mahajan, Minamahajan, which represents these three levels of Oilmas, Neshamas, and Elokus, all come together to create Hidr mitzvah. But not a Hidr mitzvah, the classic sense of a nice Ezra box, an expression of, of, of the inner beauty of Yiddishkeit and how transcendent life becomes through Torah mitzvahs. Because the emtsoi is neshamas, which again is the same thing as the Kamarna said as Torah, therefore part of the celebration is also the fact that it came to us through kahanim. What's kahanim? Kahanim are the most miyuchasim shev Yisrael. Kahanim are the, the choicest of families within Knesset Yisrael. If there's one family that that highlights the inyan of the greatness of a neshama. What a neshama can be in terms of an emtsoi, of a middle, of, of a middle reality bridging two opposite extremes, it's kahanim. Kahanim in the Beis HaMikdash, they're the most basic, the basic function, the ba- basic identity of a kayan in Avaida is shlucha derachmana, a messenger from the Rabban Shalom. What does it mean to be a shliach of Hashem? It means not, you're, not the, you're not the mishaleach, you're not God himself, but you're not but you're also not the one that, he's, that you're sent to. You're an in-between. You're an emissary of the Mishaleach. Obviously, that means that there's some place, there is something that has to be done that the Mishaleach isn't doing, or decides not to, can't do, whatever it is, and he needs someone in-between to do it. He, so that's what the Shaleach is. The, the, the whole inning of a Kayan is an expression of this inning of Nishmas Yisrael being the Emtsoi between Oilamis and Elokos. So since the whole inning of Yavin is what is to... Is to is to is to is to eradicate the belief in Nishmas Yisrael and Torah as being them tzoi between Olamis and Elokos. And once you eradicate that in between, then Enochanami, then nothing is beautiful. Everything is dark and dim and just dead. So therefore, therefore, the way we celebrate Hanukkah is with these two things. On the one hand, we therefore we do an act of Adlakus Amenayra, which is what, which is highlighting. The, the beauty that this three-tiered system of Oilmas, Neshamas, and Elokos brings to Yiddishkeit and brings to the world. That's the, 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 Maisa, the Maisa Mitzvah. And at the same time, we also recognize the fact that this was all brought to us through Kahanam. 
Because Kahanim highlight this Nakuda of Nishmas Yisrael being the Emtsoi, being the Shliach of the Rabbanu Shalom. And even though it's only one family, one Shevet of Kahanim, Rabbi Tzaddik writes already in the very Seifim and other places as well, is that the entire inn of Kedushas Kuna is really nothing more than a concentrated essence of Nishmas Yisrael. Kahanim are not considered to be outside of, Nishma, of Knesset Yisrael. There's the general Kedusha of Kali Yisrael of every Neshama. Every Neshama on some level is a Shliach of the Rabbanu from this world as the Nemtsai. It's just that the particular family, that that Indian of Shlichas is highlighted, that Indian of being Nemtsai is highlighted in, in, its, in its extreme, is by Kahuna. And therefore the Indian of Kahanim is really just a revel, a, a, an indication of what's really going on behind the scenes in every Neshama. And so this is... This is the essence of the Yontav of Hanukkah. The Yontav of Hanukkah is celebrating the mitzvahs of the middle of, of the of the neshama. This is why, again, it goes back to the to the menorah, the base of Megdash. El mul pnei menorah yishos When you lit the menorah, the candles have to be facing the middle. Pnei menorah, the Indian of the emtsoi, the greatness of the emtsoi. Now, the, to a certain degree, the emtsoi is the deepest of all these three of these three categories to a certain degree because to be able to bridge two things at the same time that's always something that's much harder to do it's easy to be extreme it's to be balanced and nuanced that's not so pushy. so to be Eilamus it's pretty easy to be Eilakos no, if you're Eilakos then you're Eilakos to be in a Shama which is both Eilamus and Eilakos at the same time functioning as a bridge that's right not so pushy. that's the Avayda that's the, that's the big Avayda that's what Hanukkah is, is coming to celebrate again this is why the inner of Hanukkah is so deeply connected with Tzadikim, with the Indian of Kainech HaKadoshim, with highlighting Nishmas Yisrael, that's because uh, that, that's exactly what, what Hanukkah is celebrating. The, the ability, again, boiling it down, Hanukkah is a yonta that celebrates the, our recognition that Torah and Nishmas Yisrael are both things that are relatable to us. We, we're, you know, we, we know what, what a Yid is, and we also know what Torah is, but at the same time, otherworldly and transcendent. And to believe in the secret, in the secretness, so to speak, the secrecy of Nishmas Yisrael and the secrecy of Tyra. And at the same time, you know what a Nisham is, you live with it, and you know what Tyra is, but at the same time, to know that it's not. And that duality of known and not known, that's exactly what, uh, what makes Nishmas Yisrael and Tyra as the Emtsoi bringing together these two worlds of Eilamus and Elokos. No, you have that, and then, like, then, then we see like in Nechaz Chanukah, then Yiddishkeit becomes beautiful, life becomes beautiful, everything becomes the chefts of, of mohudr. Everything becomes mahaj beautiful, mahajan, minna mahajan, extra, extra beautiful. That's, the, that's what Hanukkah is. No, Hashem should bless us. To access our kaychas by living life of Torah and mitzvahs, the mysterious nefesh, put your nesham into mitzvahs and avodah Hashem. And from there, Bez Hashem will be able to miyachet all things, be makayim the type of Hashem, dear betachtoinim, be as called setting me'er, be'menu amen.